Hello, fight fans, and welcome to part two of my interview with UFC featherweight Billy Quarantillo. If you haven't listened to part one, we talk about his background, being from upstate New York, and what ultimately gets him down to Tampa, Florida, and into martial arts after he graduated high school. Now in part two, we focus on his experience on The Ultimate Fighter and Dana White's Contender Series and finding success as a pro fighter on his way to contending in the UFC. Enjoy. So when does the um, career start gaining traction to the point where you get into the ultimate fighter? Like when you, when you get the call to go on the ultimate fighter, what are you thinking mindset wise at that point? Um, that was, you know, it's funny. It was almost like, cause I remember the fight right before the ultimate fighter, uh, me and my brother, Jim, who like always cuts weight with me. You see him in my corner all the time. It's either him for Vola. And then it's always Arroyo and Rawlings, uh, in my corner. So he, they've always been with me. Um, and I remember we were cutting weight for the fight before the ultimate fighter. And he was like, Hey dude, he's like, you know, after this fight, would you ever like, you'd ever want to be on like the ultimate fighter. And I remember thinking, because I was five and one and then I won that fight to become six and one. I was thinking, I was like, dude, I'm still like way too early in my career. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I wasn't as good as I should have thought of myself. Like I didn't have, I, I, I knew I was like a good fighter, but I didn't think I was anywhere near the level of like the ultimate fighter guy. And like, let's do it. But in the back of my mind, I didn't think I still didn't think I was ready for that because the way I put guys on like a pedestal, you know, I grew up watching the first Ultimate Fighter. I put those guys on like this crazy high pedestal. And that was like the first time where like I trained with all these super high level guys after the Ultimate Fighter was like, I was like, all right, this is where like your run starts now. Like you do belong here. Like, you know, you belong now. But before that, I kind of needed the Ultimate Fighter to push myself to where I am now, because without that, I don't know if I would have the confidence in myself. I would have had to take different fights or do something different to give myself the confidence of, I'm like, after that, I'm like, all right, you belong in the UFC. And then it right. took me a few UFC wins to be like, now it's like, all right, dude, you belong in like this top enchilon. You're not just like, I'm not just like getting lucky in one fight and, and, and barely surviving. Right. Now it's like, all right, you're beating really good UFC fighters now. Now it's next for like that next wave of, of high-level guys. Yeah, we all need those moments where the validation happens. I mean, I remember thinking that myself, just like, oh, well, I'm doing this, but I'm not ready for this job or I'm not yes. ready to, for, to, to climb this. And sure enough, you just like try it. It's very easy to say, chase your dreams, set your goals high, go after them. You belong. Um, it does. It takes like this outer kind of experience where you just get put in this position all of a sudden. Right. I mean, that's, that's what absolutely. happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it was funny because, um, I not right before the ultimate fighter, I knocked out a kid, a comma worthy who at the time I was like, Oh man, this kid's like a good striker, but it was on like this, like local random local show in Virginia, a super good, good group of guys. They, they took care of me in my early, in my career. Um, but it was on such like a smaller show that, it was like in my head, I'm like, dude, you're just fighting on like these like local shows. Like you're not even fighting on like big, like I wasn't fighting for like big promotion. I wasn't like the CFFC or like a, right. you know, like a, a promotion like that. But it's funny because that kid, he's in the UFC now with like yeah. several knockouts now. But back then 
I just didn't see that as what, what it was, you know what right, I mean? Like to right. me, it was like, a, it was like a local fight against a tough kid, but that was like a fight where if I lose that fight, my career, who knows what happens with my career. Um, but beating him and I told him after I'm like, Hey man, I'll see you in the UFC. You know, I'll see you in the UFC one day. My brother told me, I said that right after to him. And I didn't necessarily believe that either one of us would really make it there at that point. Uh, and sure enough, you know, five years later, we're both in the UFC just, you know, doing pretty well. Yeah. The making excuses thing. Like if you say, don't make excuses, a lot of people think that to be make excuses for not getting a workout in, or I don't have enough time, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. We also do a lot of making excuses about our accomplishments. Like you being like, oh, I beat Kama Worthy, but it was just some rant. Like, is that what you thought after? Yeah. Like, oh, that was just some random local show in Virginia. Like, no, that's not a big, like, that's not what I'm gunning for. I'm still just this, you know, yeah. like bottom feeder type of fighter. Cause I remember like I would win an award, um, <laughs> you know, for broadcasting in some super small market. She'd be like, well, yeah, like, okay, if I better win that award, you know, I better, yeah. I better be the best amongst the worst type of thing, but I'm not, doesn't mean I'm there yet. But like to, take stock of those accomplishments each step of the way and have them push you forward. Somehow we got here, Billy. Yeah. But I think we both did the same thing. It was just like, yeah, but I'm not there. You know, like, yeah, you know, it's interesting to hear, like, like you said, uh, some random show in Virginia. Yeah. And and like, well, now you can see the, the worthiness of it. Yeah. But back then you were like, if people were patting you on the back, you'd probably be quick to pull back on it. Absolutely. I remember, you know, like I won a, a pro title that night and we were like, still like celebrate, you know, celebrating all that. But in my head, it wasn't like you won this fight. Now you're going to get on the ultimate fighter. Now you're no, you know, right. you're going to train with, you're going to be training with Uriah Faber in three months now. And I kind of wish I would have thought like that. I would have had more uh, belief in myself back then because I would have you know, canceled my, my day job to, to train more, you know, yeah, I was working, yeah. like I won that fight. I took a couple of days off and then I was working like three jobs at the time, serving tables at a restaurant, which definitely keeps you humble working at an office job that I hated. So I was, it was able to keep me humble. And now I appreciate this stuff a lot more, but having, you know, you got to have that belief in yourself, which I should have, because you know, I look at all the stuff I was doing. I, I put my, my heart and soul into doing this, but you, I didn't have that validation until after the ultimate fighter. And then it was just like, all right, now you got another chip on your shoulder. Cause you got your butt kicked and one yeah. of the fights. So yeah. now it's like, all right, dude, you like, you know, you belong, but you still got to prove a lot of people wrong. And that's after that, I went on that nice long winning streak and, and got back in the UFC. Yeah. Bisping told me on this show, he said, you know, you can't rest on your laurels and think you're the man, but you also have to believe in yourself. And he thought to himself, he said, I didn't believe in myself enough. And I think it was to my detriment. I think I could have achieved more. You know what I mean? It's always easy to Absolutely. look back though, you know? Um, so ultimate fighter, was there a wow moment where like, like you said, I, I didn't think I was going to be training with Uriah Faber in three months. And then all of a sudden, like you're standing face to face with Dana yeah. and you know, all of these kind of big names uh-huh yeah the definitely the wow moment and this was before conor mcgregor fought jose aldo so he just came off that chad mendez win mm -hmm. um so he had a ton of hype but a lot of people were still like uh maybe doubting you know doubting him like, well, i think he, he was the underdog talk? in uh yes. the, the aldo fight like it's like 
wouldn't you wish you'd get yes. plus money on yep. a 13 second knockout yep. type of thing? You know? Exactly. Yo, and I remember thinking that because they, they, I'm sure there's film of me at somewhere in the UFC office of me definitely being like, you know, Conor McGregor's a great fighter, but I think Eldo's going to starch him, you know, like, and, and <laughs> yeah. I, you know yeah. what? I guarantee probably every fighter there was probably thinking the same thing. Cause that's Jose Eldo. He was just right. uh, at an that absolute time. Yeah. killer. Um, so the big moment for me was when I won my first fight, and then they had like a big meeting after it and Dana White walks in just all casual. Like to him, it's just another day. And I'm like, Oh my God, Dana White, Conor McGregor walks in with like this three piece suit on. He's got his belt. He's got sunglasses on. It was like, he had this like glow to him. And then Uriah Faber comes in who I've been following him forever. I was watching him in the WEC. Um, and just having all those guys walk in and they start talking to us. And then, I remember because, you know, you I won the fight to get in the house and then it was like, all right, we all get in the van and we start driving over there. And my heart's just like almost like like racing. I'm like, am I really about to go like start filming the ultimate fighter right now? Like I just remember being in that van being like, holy shit, like that I'm about to be here for the next six weeks on the ultimate fighter, like on a TV show. I was like, how crazy is this? You know, but looking back on it, I was like, dude it's just a T it's not like this, like crazy. Like I wasn't on like American idol or something. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. a, it's a fighting show, but that was such a big deal for me and training every day. We trained for four hours every single day. I made sure I didn't miss one. Pra- the only one practice I missed was the morning practice after I basically got beat up. I, I got yeah. beat up on my, my second fight. Uh, I, I took the morning practice off. I just sat in bed and sulked and I didn't miss any other practices. Um, and that's when I, like when I left there, that gave me the confidence. Like, dude, I just outworked a bunch of people that are high level fighters, um, you know, in, in the practice room, I did everything favor told me to do. You know, he was like a mentor to me on that show. Every time, like we had like a dinner or something like that. I, I sat right next to him and just absorbed everything I could. Uh, same with Dana White, like Dana White took us to dinner. I, I sat next to him, and just absorbed everything. Um, and that just gave me the confidence of like, listen, dude, in my head, I'm like, all right, you belong. Those guys were no different than you. Uh, you just got to put the work in now. And that's when like, I really started doing way more strength and conditioning started just doing a lot, like everything right. Started eating better, uh, strength and conditioning, learning more, studying more. Um, and you know, the proof is in the pudding since then. Yeah. After the ultimate fighter though, what was there any part of you that was worried? Like that was my chance. How old are you? You're like 26. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 26. Uh, how, how did you think of that aspect of it? Like I had my chance and I'm going home from the ultimate fighter Yeah, and I'm not going to the UFC. For yeah, the ultimate it was, fighter. it was, uh, it was heartbreaking. And I actually have, you know, like I have like a big, like vision board and I still have the piece of paper. The UFC sent me, they sent me $500 and it was pretty much a letter saying like, thank you for coming on the ultimate fighter. Um, unfortunately we're not going to sign you at this time, uh, which was heartbreaking. I, I, pre- my, my wife at my wife now, she, she was just yeah. my girlfriend and then definitely remembers like I was like crying reading it. Um, but I was still actually excited about getting $500 cause I was broke. <laughs> so I was happy about the $500, but I was like, man, I can't believe like I just blew this chance, you know? Um, so I still kept that piece of paper. I still have it right on my wall over here of them basically saying like, I wasn't good enough. So as much as 
you know, I was upset that they, they didn't sign me. I use that like the same way I use like what my teachers used to say to me. I just use that as fuel. You know, I use it like, all right, you guys don't think I'm ready. I'll prove you wrong. Like I'll do everything I could do because I would rather have you guys be wrong about me than just go away. You know, it would have been easy for me to try to get a different job and do that. But I just use that as motivation. And that, that little letter they wrote me definitely helped. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I use that. Of course there was still doubt because I'm like, you know, if they don't want me now, I'm getting older, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm no spring chicken. So there was definitely a lot of uh, uncertainty, but that, like I said, that's when I started like crushing the strength and conditioning sessions. I went through a phase where I would wake up at like 5am, like three or four days a week and just crush strength and conditioning workouts. Um, I just started changing everything and, and getting even more obsessed with martial arts than I was before. Right. What was your mindset at that point? Like as to what was possible and how, how, how it would happen? Well, uh, so I was hopeful that, I would win two fights and they would sign me right back, you know, like, Oh, you know, like they missed out on me. I'm going to win these two fights and they're going to sign me right, right back to it. Right. Um, so I won my next fight, um, beat a kid, Mark Stevens, who's, who was a stud. He was uh, on the ultimate fighter too, a, a different season. Then like an idiot, <laughs> I take a fight with this kid, Mitchell Keones, who was a stud too. He's a kickboxer, but I thought I was, almost a little too confident. Like, you know, they missed out on me. I'm, I know I'm a UFC caliber fighter and I took him on like two months notice or it was like right after my, I beat Mark Stevens and I was on a high and I was like, yeah, I'll fight this guy too right after. So I basically signed up to fight him like six weeks after. Um, and I trained super hard for that fight, but he was a dangerous opponent. He was something that I should have specialized in. And sure enough, he caught me with a head kick, knocked me out. So that was the first time I ever gotten stopped in a fight. Um, and then it was like, back to the drawing board, you go like, was that really like in my head? I was like, why did you do that? Like, I probably could have just waited it out and the UFC might assign me, but again, everything happens for a reason. That was more motivation to, I'm like, all right, now you really got to dig yourself out of this hole. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I just kept taking that momentum, did even more, took the right fights. You know, I, I never fought anyone with a losing record, um, but I took fights that it was a good matchup for me, whatever they offered me. Um, and then I just started fighting better and better guys. And my confidence just grew with each fight. Um, after that fight, I basically went on a winning streak for, for the next four years. Uh, and Gavin Tucker just stopped it. You know, yeah, but it was four yeah. years of just, of just whipping ass and finishing people. And it was like local main events. It was main events in Virginia, Buffalo, Florida, everywhere I go, I was the main event. And th just all that experience helped me to get to where I'm at now. Right. What do you, what do you remember hearing after that loss though? Right. Cause now you're probably 27. Yep. You were on the ultimate fighter. You're yep. not in the UFC and then you lost and you got knocked out. Like what, yeah. not your, because your obsession grew yeah. uh, and you were more motivated, but what do you remember hearing surrounding you? Well, honestly, I remember uh, not hearing any, like the buzz that I was had, you know, like that I had before it was more so because going into that fight, the promoter at the time, um, big, big uh, local Florida promoter, which they send a ton of people to the UFC. And I knew that he basically said going into that fight, I remember I made, <laughs> crazy that I was so excited. I made $1,500 to show up and $1,500 to win, which I didn't win. So I made $1,500 and I was so excited to, you know, I was pumped to make that money. It was the main event. 
Like they probably should have paid me more. Um, but he said the winner of this fight will, will get signed to the UFC. Uh, and sure enough, my opponent ended up fighting one more guy after that. He beat a guy who was seven and zero, but he got signed within like a month of my fight of him, mm -hmm. uh, when I fought him. So he got signed to the UFC. So not only did I just take and lose this fight, but the guy who beat me gets signed to the UFC. So now I'm like, Oh my God, like Jesus Christ. Like I was that close again. Um, and there was no other, like, you know, at that moment, I just beat Mark Stevens. I just got off the ultimate fighter. A lot of people would do interviews. They'd be like, Oh man, like you're going to be the next UFC. Like I would be like, on like those like websites, like next on the radar and like this and that. And then I got knocked out and like nothing, no interviews, no, no buzz, no, like just counted out, which I understand of course. And I just knew like, I'm like, all right, dude, you still have that drive what I thought was, it was kind of a fluke. You know, he caught me with a good shot. It is what it is. Um, and then it was like, all right, let's just take it one fight at a time. Every fight. I just put everything I had into it. I knew I, I, I was in a position where I can't lose no matter what. And luckily it, it, it worked out and I got to where I am now. Yeah. How do fighters view, um, a loss, not necessarily your own, but I think a lot of us as non-fighters, maybe people that are big fans that watch the sport, let's say, you know, like you match up to like you and Gavin Tucker, right? Yeah. And it's like, how, how do fighters view this? Because I think a lot of people outside of fighting view it as just like Gavin Tucker, rising star, Billy Quarantillo, rising star. They meet up, Gavin wins. So he's going to go on and we've seen Billy's ceiling. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. that is not how it is at yeah. all. Like, I mean, Jan Bohovic is sitting there as the champion right now. He was yeah. like one and four in the UFC. Um, how do fighters think of it? Whether it's your own or whether like you're watching Gavin fight Dan Ige and he loses yeah. in 20 seconds. Right. Yeah. It's like, but that's not Gavin's ceiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, uh, that would be unfair to say as well. Like, how do yeah. you view that sort of dynamic? Yeah. Um, you know, I think every fighter is different. For me, like in the situation I was in, um, because every everyone's different, you know, some fighters lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, and it's just like a normal thing. Um, I had such a winning streak going into the Gavin Tucker fight, and I, I it almost was at the point where it was like I was I was just gonna keep going until I lost, you know, like I was just gonna keep going until the wheels yeah. fall off with you know, so I was, it was an eight fight MMA winning streak with a pro boxing match mixed in there. So I was on nine, nine fights. I showed up to, and usually finished the, uh, you know, usually took my opponent out, finished them. It was like main event, main event, main event. All right. Contender series, which, you know, you did a great job commentating, yeah. <laughs> um, contender series, uh, debut in DC, the whole crowd's going nuts. Like Dana White messaged uh, one of my coaches after he was pumped up about the fight. Like it was just such a high. Uh, then the pandemic starts and I beat uh, Alpha Ginger and then I Spikes, knock out, yeah. I knock out Kyle Nelson. So it was just like, everything was going my way. And that's why right after the Nelson fight, we were all drinking uh, like a couple weeks after. And they're like, Hey, do you want to, you know, you and Gavin Tucker have been going back and forth. Do you want to fight him in six weeks? And I was like, of course. Yes. Like didn't even, it was drinking. I was like, of course I do. Like I'm going to, and I'm telling, I'm telling people I'm fighting Gavin Tucker. Like, let's go. Yeah. And it was like, uh, I was invincible at that point, almost to the point where it didn't even matter to me if I lost, you know what I mean? Like I just wanted to get another fight in. I wanted to get another big paycheck. I thought I was going to just, Walt, waltz in there and take care of business uh but 
you know, he humbled me. He, he, he beat me. So that was when it was like, all right, you lost. Now you need to reset and get ready for this next fight. Like you got ready for your UFC debut or the contender series or a fight where it was like, it's a must win fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like every fight in the UFC, every fight in the UFC should be a must win fight. In my opinion, you know, like I'm not one of those guys like, Oh, I'll fight this guy in, on a week notice because it, especially early in your career, because if you lose once or twice, they forget if that was on a week notice, like it's, it's a part of the conversation. They'll look at those two losses in a row and now your backs up, your career's on the line. So every fight I, you, at least in my opinion, you have to look at it. Like you need to win this fight. Like it's a must win fight. And, and in my opinion, you got to make it exciting too, because I don't want to go waste any opportunities out there. Like, I don't want to have a fight where, I was like, oh, yeah, you, you did pretty good. You won, but, like, no one really remembered it. Like, they didn't give you the microphone after, you know, one of those situations. So I, I took this fight as, like, a like a contender series fight or, like, a fight coming off a, a knockout loss where it's like, if you lose this fight now, you know, you need to go back. You might be working for Krabbas again like we did, you know, three years ago or five yeah. years ago. Uh, so you better, you better get your shit together, kids. So that's – I should have had that mentality for the Tucker fight. I can't go back now, but yeah. that's how I'll have that. I'll have that fire again for every fight going forward. Yeah. We can't just skip over the contender series fight that you mentioned because that after the ultimate fighter and after your time in between to get that call and then to win and then to have the contract that <laughs> night. What, oh. what was that? Yeah, it was, that was just a, a dream come true, especially because I remember they signed Camuel Kirk, like I saw a report. I don't know if it was like Nolan King or one of the reporters that I follow. They're like, Camuela Kirk's looking for a, like Camuela Kirk is signed with a contender series. They're looking for an opponent for him. So basically getting him ready for a fight. Um, and then it was funny. I actually screenshotted that, sent it to my coach. And I was like, Oh man, I'm like, this kid can get it. Like, let's see about that. Right. Um, Cause Sean was already like, yeah, we'll see what we can do. Like, you know, we might get you a fight. And sure enough, like two weeks later, they randomly messaged him back or, and they were like, yep. Yeah, what do you think about Camuel Kirk? Uh, and we're like, hell yeah. So he was a huge favorite going into that fight. So that was just one of those moments. I was like, this is, this is your once in a, in a lifetime chance. Like if you blow this, they're not going to sign you. Like they're not, not going to sign you as a 30 year old or not. Maybe I was 29. They're not going to sign you as a 29 year old just came off ACL surgery, you know, like six months ago, they're not going to sign a, a, the loser of this fight, which they actually did sign Camuel. Yeah, they then, did eventually. Cool. Right. So I was obviously hard on myself, but I needed to be because this kid was younger. He was, they were getting this fight, fight ready for him, in my opinion. So that was just like, like I said, everything I did leading up to that fight was everything I did was because of that fight. It was like, all yeah. right, you're not missing a practice. Every minute you wake up, you're thinking of getting ready for this fight. Um, and I put everything into it and it, it worked out. And that's what really started this, you know, next chapter in my career. Yeah. What would you say is your uh, brand? Uh, my brand, I would say it's, uh, I mean, th 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 I don't like the word brand. Yeah, I get what but you're it's a, it's, you know what I mean. Like Billy Q. What do yeah. what do people think of? The like, what Q do you brand, want that to? Yeah, what I want it to be and what it's becoming is just the like 
it's a must, it's a must watch fight. Like you got to like Billy Q's back on the main card. He's going to, you know, he's, you got to watch a Billy Q fight uh, because some crazy, like he's going to do something crazy. He's not going to quit. He's probably going to break his opponent. He's going to be in his face the whole time. Uh, I think I've had several fights now where I land at least a hundred strikes. So, you know, the output's going to be there. Uh, the brand is, you know, this is just a small town kid that, has defied the odds so far. You know, like if you ask anyone from my high school, if I would be here, they're going to say, no, you know, I was a kid who barely made like the, our local varsity team. And it's just excitement. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be, I want to look back and I, which I, I'm already starting to build this, this resume of you can go back and watch my fight from even the, 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 the local fights, but like from the contender series to all my UFC so far, I'm bringing it every time and you're never going to see me quit. You've never seen me get, you've never seen me tap out or quit in a fight. I've never like the only time I've ever been stopped was a flash knockout. So, you know, like I'm tough to put away and I'm going to bring the fight every single time, you know, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be messy. I'm going to use a, uh, every weapon that I have, which is my striking, my wrestling, my jujitsu, everything that I've been working on for the last 12 years. Uh, and I'm just going to bring it every single time. And I'm going to bring that fire to every single card they put me on. And and that's why they're going to keep putting me on these big cards. Yeah, I would agree, man. I mean, fight of the night, well-deserved. So when you, you said something interesting there, I defied the odds. Nobody in my high school would say I'd be here. <laughs> um, what does that, like when I've made a big change in my life, it's one thing to change but then you start opening up the doors in your mind of what else can be possible. Like, well, I didn't think I was this person, but yeah. apparently I can become this person. So now I'm really excited about what I can do. Uh -huh. So knowing what you've done so far, and as you reflect on it and kind of realize how much you've accomplished to this point, what's the feeling now as you look forward? Yeah. Um, yeah. The feeling now is that, you know, like the sky's the limit and I, I can't take anything for granted, you know, because the sky was the limit before the Tucker fight. And I was getting a lot of buzz and a bunch of people betting on me, and, you know, like my odds skyrocketed. And I, even like going into that fight, I'm like, damn, dude, like they really think I'm like a, you know, two and a half, you know, two to three uh, you know, times favorite going into this fight. I was like, damn dude, like, you know, and I was happy to be the underdog in this last fight, but one thing I, I definitely remember, because like I said, I've always had like that, the chip on my shoulder, like trying to prove people wrong. And, but I don't really talk about that with like my family that much. Like we, they, they always, we just bust each other's balls and like, it's real playful. But I remember after the contender series fight, it still didn't really hit me that yet that like, I just achieved like a lifelong goal to get to the UFC. And my brother, Austin, who's like my best friend, he's a year older than me he just casually was having a couple of beers after the fight. And I'm kind of just, you know, trying to enjoy myself. And he's like, man, he's like, do you know how many people like you just proved wrong? Like, and to me, like him saying that, because he still lives in my hometown. He's my only, like, it's my parents and him. And then like, you know, my sister-in-law and stuff, but he's still like in like where we grew up, you know what I mean? So he's still in like that small town. He sees the people that we grew up with every single day. And for him to say that, like, I, I almost forgot like that I, that I was my thing, my whole thing was like proving people wrong. But then it got to the point where I'm like, I just want to be successful for myself and my family and that kind of stuff. So like when he said like, man, you just, you know, how many people like you just proved wrong. I'll never forget him saying that to me. Cause I just thought about, I'm like, man, like if the people 
if I could be with the people like that I grew up with and they could watch and they just have to be, they have to be shocked at how far that I've come. And I got to remember not to take it for granted now, because I'm very fortunate that I put the time in and it, it paid off. And now the sky's the limit and I can take this thing to the next level. Like I know I'm capable of fighting with these guys, you know, in the top 10, top five, whatever the case may be. So I just got to make sure I, I, I don't leave any stone left unturned and just keep this thing going and, and, and enjoy the process along the way. Yeah. What do you think about when you think back on your career? Um, what do you mean? Like, what do I think of? In yeah. Terms like that, of... that obviously was a moment to prove people wrong, but just like, mm -hmm. I don't know, you think back on your career, you think on how far you've come. What do you think about? Yeah. Um, uh, I just think let's of, start, uh, let's, let's start now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if you haven't thought of it, mm -hmm. what, what would you think right now? Yeah. Um, well, I just think, uh, I've made, and, and I was actually trying to think of this a lot during fight week, you know, because you have so many emotions of like, man, this guy's a killer. Like he's done, you know, this guy fought, you know, Andre Feely, this guy, you know, was on the Latin America ultimate fighter. It's, I think of, I deserve to be here. I think to myself, like, think of the sacrifice that I've made, like think of the parties that I missed. Think of, the, you know, the moments that I've missed with my family, think of the, the, uh, you know, like think of all the stuff that I could have done instead of putting my life into this. So why do I deserve to be here is because of like the dedication that I've put into this. Like think of all like the, you know, the ACL surgery that you came back from the broken hand surgery, the, all the pain that I've gone through all the nights that I couldn't sleep because, you know, I couldn't, I, I can't afford to eat, eat, eat all the food because, you know, I'm putting it into training. So what I think of is I've earned this because of all the sacrifice that I've made. And I like having that feeling that, you know, at the time, not because I, I know fighters that, you know, their parents pay for everything or they've had that safety net. I like to think of, I've had the support of everyone, but they've always let me be on my own. And now I can look back on like, I've earned my way to get here. Like I, I worked the three jobs. I've, I've done everything I had to do and I've, I dedicated my life to this. So now every time something good happens, I try to enjoy it as much as I can um, in the moment because I've made the sacrifice to get here. So if I yeah. don't enjoy it now, I'm, I'm never going to enjoy it. You know? Yeah, exactly. What would your advice be to not just fighters, but to anybody out there to, to achieve? a certain level and get to get what you want. Um, the best advice is, you know, cause I, I think this whole thing is, and I'm sure it's like that with every aspect, it's just such a mental game that I would, the advice is, you know, believe in yourself. First of all, it's the most important thing is just believing in yourself. And even if you're not where you want to be, if you put the work in, if you're consistent, you're going to get there and to have a plan, you know, like that, like what I was saying with the compound effect, when I read it in 2010, things started clicking for me when I started writing things down, when I started planning my days out, when I started planning my weeks out, when I started um, putting it down on paper, it would make you, it makes you think about it a lot more. When I write my goals down, you, you know, you write your one-year goal, your five-year goal, your 10-year goal. Now it becomes real. And sometimes you look at those goals and they're huge in your head. But when you write them down and you're like, and you start getting closer to each one and you start crossing goals out, 
there's you can't I can't write down a goal right now that I would feel like is is, obta- is unobtainable because of how much confidence I've had writing you know checking off that goal list. Now it's like I should just be throwing you know throw you know aiming for the moon right now because I have so much confidence because I have that experience checking checking hundreds of goals off that list. So having a strong plan, believing in yourself, is the biggest thing that has helped me get to this point now. What's the most recent goal you wrote down? The most recent goal I wrote down, I have my, or that you remember writing down that I remember writing down. Well, it was on new year's, all the goals I wrote for this year. Um, a couple of them that I remember off the top of my head was, um, you know, cause I'm at a point where there's, it's not only, you know, the ultimate goal since, 2010 has been be a UFC world champion. Mm-hmm. So everything that I've done has kind of gotten to that point, but there's a lot of like bucket list goals I have yeah. now. So some of those ones are, which I'm working on right now, um, getting, getting in the video game, getting in UFC video game, which uh-huh. I might miss my chance on this one, but it'll just motivate me to get on the next one. Uh, getting my own sports card. Uh, that's on there. That's like one of those ones that like, I just think it'd be really cool. Uh-huh. Uh, me and my manager are, pretty close to some big plant, big, big news with that. If you know what I'm saying. Nice. So th- there's some, there's some in there. Um, and then some of the other a ones, real card uh, or an NFT. That's uh, a real card, but an NFT definitely. Uh, I'm so intrigued with the whole like crypto scene and the yeah. NFT. Um, yeah. I just got to do a little bit more research before I get there, but like right. a real, like, you know, I grew up like, like most people with, you know, rookie cards and hockey cards and football yeah. cards. And I saw a couple of years ago, like they had the UFC cards and I'm like, that would be so effing cool, you know? Yeah. And, but I didn't think I was there yet, but now I'm like, I told my You're manager a, a few fights. Ago, I'm like, yo man, I need to get a sports card. And now he's, you know, he's doing a Working good job. It. Like, you know, not an official yet, but we're, 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 like I said, we're crossing goals out. And then another big one is, uh, just certain numbers in my, in my bank accounts, my checking accounts and my like retirement. Um, I never want to be one of those fighters. I'm sure you've seen like the documentaries on certain athletes that made yeah, hundreds uh, of millions. Yeah. And then they have nothing, nothing later. Zero. Like, I will never, I, I, I've, I've said it in all my interviews. That'll never be me. Like I'm not going back to work for working for Carabas when I'm done with this, I invest, invest, invest. And I, I want to be my own boss until the day I die. So that's, those are a lot of my other goals that, you know, you, I don't want to have a plan B because it's world championship or bust, but I want to make sure, you know, if I, if I, you know, pop my knee out or something, if I have a crazy injury that I have money working for me and my, my life set up after, uh, after this thing's done. Nice, man. Anything else, Billy? Future's bright for you, my friend. Uh, no, man, just, yo, thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. Uh, you know, we, we've gone a long, we, you know, we've, we've, we've gone a long way. It's actually been two years, uh, in the next couple of days, uh, in three days, it'll be my two year anniversary of the contender series. Is so, that right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been just great. Great. I, part of I it. saw Macy Barber posted something. I think it's been three years for her to the day, like the other day. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's funny is I missed my Instagram chance because uh, on the 18th, July 18th was my UFC debut on contender series season one, episode two. I didn't do episode one. I did episode ah, two. That's awesome. And that was on July 18th. Isn't that funny? We always remember those big contender series dates, you know, now yeah, they kind of wash together, but that first one, yes. that first season, I could tell you all the dates. You yes. Know? Yep. July, July 23rd will forever be, uh, 
you know, that's like, that, it's like a different birthday. It, it's almost like my old, yeah. It's like one, like, I don't remember, uh, you know, like don't, don't, don't get me in the room with my wife trying to remember every date, but July, <laughs> July 23rd, I'll always remember. Cause that's the day, you know, I signed with the UFC and, uh, that was, you know, I, it was a UFC championship, but getting in the UFC is obviously such a huge goal um, that like that day it happened. It was just like, all right, dude, like now the yeah. real work begins. Well, um, you know, it's funny because I was watching your fight against Gabrielle and I was just like, I've wanted to have Billy Q on the podcast. And then your fight week, I don't want to talk to guys too close to their fights, mm -hmm. like on fight week, you know, when you're doing yeah. a bunch of media day that's not the chance to have mm -hmm. this conversation that we just exactly. had. Right. I mean, that's kind of like unfair to you and it's just, it doesn't translate. And then it's dated immediately because then mm -hmm. we don't know what happened in the fight. Yeah. Um, but I was almost going to tweet out like great win, Billy Q. Now get on my podcast. And I got an email <laughs> from uh, Iridium uh, yeah. the next day. And they were just like, Hey, would you be, I was just like, I was thinking the exact same thing to get Billy Q not only because of the way you fight, honestly, but because of the the personality you are, the, the guy that I know you are, and I know that you're well-spoken, and I know that you would have this perspective of just being through the battles mm -hmm. and proving that you can accomplish great things when you come from humble beginnings. So thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, Brandon, thank you, man. Anytime, brother. I appreciate you having me, and uh, good luck. Good, have a good rest of your day, man. I'm going to go go chill. I'm still really sore, so I'm just going to like relax all day. He enjoyed relaxing, and I hope Billy's feeling a lot better after that kind of just banger of a fight against Gabriel Benitez. Well-deserved fight of the night bonus for Billy Q. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Fitz Nation. Had a busy stretch there where I called TJ Dillashaw, Corey Sandhagen, and then Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland back-to-back. -back. Uh, might even, you know, take a little break here as we get a couple of weeks where it slows down at the beginning of August. I'm not doing the pay-per-view, no show on August 14th. So take a breather and then on we go. Contender series is around the corner. August 31st is the first episode of that. So um, I'll just have to see how I'm involved with that this year alongside Dan Helly and Paul Felder and Laura Sanko and our uh, great crew and Bisping will probably be involved in it once again. So busy fall coming up for the leader in combat sports and uh, just so grateful to have the job I have and be a part of it. And I love giving you guys these extra interviews whenever I can. So thanks for listening. Really appreciate all the support. Uh, find me on social media at Brennan Fitz TV. Check out the YouTube channel if you would as well. And onward and upward we go. All the best.